0: In five, four, three, two. Thanks for tuning in to Bankadelic live from Money 2020 in Las Vegas. And quite a few of you, I would say about 4,200 of you, have texted me to ask how I'm doing in the casino. Well, the good news is that I'm way ahead. It's Monopoly money, but I'm way ahead. So I guess I can trade that in and get another board game to work with. But in the meantime... On to matters beyond the green felt and to stuff that really matters in the fintech world. And I am delighted to have back on the podcast, after last year's Money 2020, Christiane Mandraki. She's making a return appearance. We couldn't be happier. She's based in Austin, Texas. And there, Christiane is the Director of Business Developing and Marketing at Praxent. That's a fintech product agency that helps FIs and banks. Banking, Lending, wealth management, insurance, and more to design and build new products. Praxent optimizes user experience with FI products both by modernization and redesign. And in her role, Christiane leads marketing, partnerships, and business development. She also oversees client proposals, new account growth, G2M channels, events, budget, account based marketing, content, collateral digital marketing, distributed team, and vendors. And believe me, she can handle it and then some. She's also a dear friend of one of my heroes, Sir Bob Geldof. Christiane, welcome to Bankadelic.
1: Hi, Lou. Nice to see you again.
0: Now, One thing we were talking about before we went online, which is really fascinating to me because I've never heard this term before, is digital banking maturity. And you've got a digital banking maturity model and you're working with some FIs on that. What is it exactly and how does that work?
1: Yeah, sure. So um, our banking specialists have basically created this maturity model for digital banking and there's... Um, five levels of digital banking maturity and that um, really help to give a roadmap as to for for banks especially to understand where are they now and where what's what's next for them Um, and so those five levels kind of start uh level one is kind of on the embarking side it's more informational up to and and so the the digital experiences for that are um obviously you'll have your website but then when you get into your digital banking experience majority of the information majority of the content on that um the app or the the platform is is purely informational um and then when you get into like say a level two it starts to get a little bit more transactional you can start Mm. opening accounts online um you can start sending payments things like that and so it um it goes all the way up to a level five that and it really just helps um we found it really helps banks to think about their their road mapping and, and their plans for digital and and just get a good sense of where they're at and what the next steps are to get to where they want to be because Rome wasn't built in a day, right?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Now, if I'm recalling this correctly, you've selected a cohort of 20 banks, credit unions, and non-bank lenders that are making strides to improve their digital user experience what do they have in common and where do they sort of deviate in terms of where they are
1: yeah so um so you're correct we we basically identified about 20 institutions that we thought were really prioritizing their digital banking experience or or wanting to and um put together a a complementary report for them that was assessing all of those different areas and I think what we really have seen um, because the the bank and the credit unions and the the non-bank lenders, their size varies pretty Mm -hmm. dramatically Mm -hmm. Um, but in general the ones that we've seen that are doing the best are the ones that are really have a very um, laser focus on the customers that they want to serve or the members that they want to serve Um, and often that there's a lot of development that's been happening in small businesses and Mm -hmm. commercial uh, banking and lending. So there's a lot of focus there, but essentially the more, um, the, the better that they can define their audience and how they're different from mm-hmm. other institutions, the better their digital experiences are, and it doesn't necessarily take uh, completely custom, custom experiences. In many mm-hmm. cases, it's custom elements built on top of yeah. the off-the-shelf products, the fly serves, the FIS. You're like mm-hmm. building into that, yeah. um, and with those, they're able to really prioritize where they're putting in the investment. To where they're going to be able to generate the most revenue and be able to serve those customers better than their competitors.
0: Oh, yeah, because revenue is, of course, top of mind here at a conference like Money 2020, but <laughs> as the more enlightened institutions will gladly attest to, that comes from really taking care of people. And it sounds like this initiative is not just about helping these institutions to mature, but helping them to take care of people.
1: Yeah yeah absolutely the um trust is the most important currency that bank like any institution any business has actually mm-hmm. um, and the digital ex- the way in which you show up digitally is an extension of your brand and so historically it's been you go into a branch and you meet with Julie or whoever it is <laughs> who's in the branch and and she 's very trustworthy because you know her and she 's lovely and she 's always looking to help you but now that people are moving more digital and they are moving more digital um, and there's I'm going to blunder the statistic but there's a a it's about 89%, I think, that mm-hmm. use mobile banking now.
0: Yeah, it's got to um, be up there. I mean, I don't know that that's a blunder. I think that is a really I very the educated exact statistic. guess. statistic. That's what yeah. I'm
1: saying. <laughs>
0: <laughs> don't ask me for exact statistics. I can't even tell you how many people listen to this podcast. It's in the hundreds of thousands, though. <laughs> Oops, I think I blundered that. Anyway,
1: yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's very high. And so... Um, as people are starting to, to to move more into digital experiences and move speak with people in the branch less and less, um, the digital experience does a huge like the quality of that digital experience and, and how refined it is does a huge amount as to how much they trust it. So a lot of the one of the biggest issues we've seen on more so on the smaller ones, but a lot on the larger ones as well is. Um, Silly little things like error messages or um, the way that when you go from um, one piece of an experience to another, all of a sudden the entire way, like the visual aesthetic of it completely changes. Mm-hmm. And it's changing at the time when you're asking for things like their social security number. And <laughs> oh, oh, oh. so we see a lot of things like that. And, and honestly, just in the order of which you ask those types of questions, how do you break that up? All of that contributes to the customer's trust of your institution because especially on the front end the the, the way, like the digital experience, the, the piece that people are actually interacting with is a representative of the back-end technology yes. that's actually powering and moving your money and so if you don't trust the app, you don't, it doesn't look, it's jittery or it's buggy, things like that, then all of a sudden your trust in that bank or credit union or whoever um, it decreases. And so it is really important that, that the institutions are really looking at these experiences um, with a really fine tooth comb to, to identify um, any sources of friction or um, yeah. variants.
0: And when you mentioned that, it really caught me the idea of like you're in the middle of some sort of transaction or movement, and you've entered your social security number and it breaks. Mm-hmm. I envision driving behind a Brinks truck and a bag of money just fell out of the back. (laughs) Because really, that assurance for the customer is everything. And people don't know, and I don't know if it's sadly, but the word sadly comes to mind. They sadly don't care about what's going on in the back end. They just want to know that it works and that their money is secure and that there is a level of trust that's built into all of that.
1: Yeah. Yeah, at the end of the day, like that's the real job to be done for institutions is keep my money safe, and if I need access to capital, then, then help me get it. Um, but at the end of the day, that's the bulk of... That, 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 everything else is added benefits, bill pay, things like that. It's all added benefits, but the main thing is keep my money safe.
0: Yeah. They had iron bars in the 1800s and big burly security (laughs) cards in the 20th century, and now we've got really great technology working for us. This I find interesting because a lot of times people don't want to talk about this or they want to be so forward-looking that they're not taking an honest appraisal. But one of the things you're doing with digital maturity is looking at where institutions fall short so that they can then have an idea of where and how to level up. Are there particular types of things that you've seen that emerge either as constants or that that come up commonly when the institutions are falling short vis-a-vis this digital maturity model?
1: I think... To be honest, there's good reasons to be at any of those levels. There's, there's even at a level one, there there can be a perfectly good reason for it. And there's actually a benefit in many cases to being on the on some of the lower levels, in that you have less less infrastructure in place. Mm-hmm. And so the world is kind of your oyster to a degree now that um, now that you know that you're going to have to work in the digi- in digital banking and you're going to have to create these digital experiences. You're sort of not stuck into loads of contracts and things like that with Mm -hmm. all of these different providers. And so it does give you a bit more flexibility, actually, than Mm -hmm. some of the ones who were more of the early adopters. Um, I think in terms of the... I think the overwhelming trend that I've noticed is how overwhelmed so many of the institutions are. Like, just coming to a conference like this... I don't even want to know how many vendors there are. There's so many of them. There's. there's... I thought Money 2020
0: was like a Woods retreat. <laughs> 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 I wish. It is t- so overwhelming. And we were talking about this before. That It actually seems a little bit more mellow and laid back this year. Still frenetic. Mm. But, yeah, I mean, I couldn't agree more. Because even in the constant course of day-to-day activity for these financial institutions, there is an incredible press overwhelming demand placed on the C-suite, things they need to do, things Mm -hmm. they need to look after. So it may be, I don't know if difficult is the right word, but maybe it's difficult to impress upon them outside of what Praxin is doing, where they need to up their game or where the next logical step is. So this model makes a lot of sense.
1: Yeah. I think at the end of the day, like, for well, the people who are trying to innovate at banks and, and credit unions and, and really any financial institution, it's really hard. It is really hard. There's so many things that you start with a vision, and there's so many things that like are constantly taking you off course for yeah. it. Um, getting stakeholders aligned, getting um, over all of your sort of legacy technology hurdles, getting budget approval alone, just trying to prove out the ROI on some of these things when. Um, It's in so many cases, we just see this chicken and the egg kind of situation when people are trying to uh, get the the budget approved for these types of investments. And so I do think there's very much, um, you really can't, I I, I don't think you can really work with institutions in this sort of ivory tower place of like, here's what the best is in digital banking, and here's what you must do. And if you don't do this, they're like, you're... Bad institution, it's kind of
0: de- depressing, and a little bit unrealistic. <laughs> it's
1: extremely unrealistic, and it's really unempathetic. I think it's it's just not it's just not the reality of of how it works. Mm-hmm. And so it, it's more about what we found being a better partner to those um, institutions is by helping to course correct. Um, yes, I love that And helping to word. land the plane at the end of the day. That's what matters. That. I love that.
0: I heard the statistic that more than 90% of the time. A plane is yeah. Of course, and it needs to course correct, and that's contact with the tower and people experienced in the cockpit that know what they're doing. That is really cool. I think that paints it to a T.
1: Yeah, I love that you brought that statistic up. We talk about that a lot, because the, the reality, like, the reality of any custom software, any digital experience kind of project is they are like that. There's there's so much that you need to be course correcting and, and so really you need to get very good at course correcting and you need to get really good at being transparent with the stakeholders that are involved about those that so that you can work together and at the end of the day have a real commitment to launching it. Um, yeah. That's where we've really seen... Uh, don't do well with our clients and, yeah. and a lot of what they like about working with us
0: oh absolutely and help fill me in on this i am asking this from a position of not knowing okay you've got these 20 banks i would imagine that this is going to spread much wider than this what is the plan for that and let's say someone's listening to the podcast it's like "Ooh, i want in i want in how would that work
1: yeah good question so um for these 20 institutions, it was really a um, more of a preliminary report on um, their digital banking maturity and kind of where they fit, um, some uh, specific recommendations on how they can improve that experience, and, um, and then some tactical next steps as to where to go. At the end of the day, what this digital banking maturity report provides to you is um, the ability to take these insights into your road mapping session and then start working on that. And mm-hmm. so um, for like going forward, um, we're going to be releasing the digital banking maturity model, um, the, the sort of broad report as to the framework. Um, and and then we'll also be doing um, custom reports for uh, banks, credit unions and, and non-bank vendors or fintechs that are serving uh, consumers or small businesses. Um, and and providing these reports and and it's it's, the, it's basically the start. It's what what can we see? Um, but there's so much that we can dig into in terms of um, where people have specifics on what they're looking to focus on uh, and and competitive analysis. Um, we can then support on um, uh, feature prioritization um, as all as part of the the road mapping, user research. All of those things can then really help to inform a digital strategy um, so that you can start being intentional about how you're thinking about your digital banking experience versus reactionary, constantly just reacting to some compliance change or some competitor that's doing something else. Yeah,
0: Enter AI, right? That Mm -hmm. has been the buzzword. And I'll tell you, in past Money 2020s, I'll hear some term like the seamless experience or customer service, and it's a lot of buzz 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 but no substance behind it this time around there's something very real there and one of the things that as an active part of the industry that i fear for is people are going to go ai ai and just figure they have to graft it on in some way or chase after the shiny new toy i'm wondering if you have any thoughts about a really smart general Approach with this technology, especially digital, right? Digital banks, right? It seems like it would be a natural fit, but not one to rush into without at least some deliberation.
1: Yeah, I mean, this really does speak to those levels of maturity and where you're at as to whether you're really ready to be doing that or not. Um, there's certain things, foundational things that you need in place to be able to. to start an AI strategy and data obviously is a huge one of them. How do you um, ingest that data? How do you, um, from a compliance standpoint, how do you keep that data and and maintain it? Um, All of those things. And then there's like, how do you actually use it? But again, if you don't have the initial strategy of who are you going to serve better than other people and how, how are you going to, meet their needs? What are their needs? And then apply AI to that. <laughs> yeah. um, obviously, that is speaking more specifically to digital banking experiences. Obviously, within lending and underwriting, there's much more um, capabilities for that. And a lot of the, um, there's a lot of the underwriting kind of products that are pulling in AI and, and finding ways to use that so that they can better underwrite. And, and that's a great, great use case. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think in terms of when you're talking about personalization and and providing them with like specific offers and things like that Mm -hmm. that's really where you you need to have a good strategy in place because it's the same problem like the more specialized you are the the better that those insights that you are creating are going to be if you try to do ai for like any type of customer (laughs) it's going to be so much broader and like it's it'll be a, a puddle deep
0: Yeah. I mean, it seems, if I'm hearing you correctly, it seems like it should be more like the strategy directs the technology as opposed to the technology directing the strategy.
1: 100%. 100%.
0: Now, you had mentioned a name that I know really well and someone I consider to be a buddy and a past bankadelic guest, Robin Smith, (laughs) who is now part of the team. There are really great changes going on at Praxent, a sign of the growth and the robustness of the company. Let's get under the hood.
1: Yeah. No, so uh, Robin has joined us as our CRO, which I'm very excited about. Hey, um, Robin,
0: if you're listening, <laughs> Lou says hello. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, no, Robin's bit awesome. He has really hit the ground running um, and I've, I've really enjoyed working with him. His knowledge on banking is just it's really quite unparalleled, to be honest, the, mm-hmm. the knowledge into all of the core systems and the legacy um, technology and, and why it is as it is and how that impacts it into, um, he has a real empathy for our customers around their business use cases and and, and the revenue <laughs> models that mm-hmm. are powering them. And Um, He's really able to work with a lot of our clients to say, like, does this business model really make sense? Like, is there an, are you going to be able to get to an ROI here? And he's really helpful, actually, also at helping them build those ROI cases Mm -hmm. to to get these projects over the line. Yeah. So, yeah, no, Robin's great.
0: (laughs) Terrific. And I'm just wondering, something I wish I had asked other people that have been on the podcast since I've been here, but... At that point, the conference had just started. I don't know how much time you've gotten out on the floor or how many people you've had a chance to talk to, but if you have any impressions so far, things that you think are excited, you're excited about things that are maybe overhyped, interesting discussions that hadn't occurred to you, what are your impressions on what you're seeing and hearing?
1: Yeah, good question. Do you know what? The the breadth of Money 2020 is so broad in terms of the, all of the different types of companies that are here. So I feel like every hour or so I have a conversation with someone about something entirely different from the last one. I was speaking to somebody about um, uh, for servicing children in banking and, and that transitionary period. Mm-hmm. And how, do you, how might you um, maintain that data that you got on them as a child uh, where they're having their, their child bank account and they were earning um, all all of those sort of children's account yeah. features where you're earning money for chores and things like that. Like, how can you how can you pass that data through when they get into more of an adult phase? So you can retain those those um, customers and and again like serve them in a really personalised manner, knowing what you know about them. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was a really fascinating topic that I was enjoying. Um, somebody was speaking earlier today on. Um, behavioral design that was fascinating around mm-hmm. how um little tiny tweaks that will make somebody act today and not tomorrow how not to procrastinate basically mm-hmm. for customers um and and it's such small things in the design that make such a huge difference and, and i think as we get more into digital experiences um psychology and all of that is it's very key to like our ux designers for example they're always focusing on understanding what make, why people do what they do? Yeah, um, and so I just think we're going to see a lot more of that, like nuance of digital um, as we keep going. Um, I'm trying to think of the other trends that I've heard.
0: Those are some really cool ones. <laughs> I, and maybe a good place to uh, ride off into the sunset here is we did this last year. We're doing it now. I could probably go for three times as long as what we're doing but I know you've got things to do. I have to sit here and look important. That's all I've got to do and be impressed with myself. But anyway. Well, you've got
1: the outfit for it. <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, if we're sitting down and having this discussion next year at Money 2020, what might you hope or expect will be different in your journey at Praxent and or Praxent's journey?
1: That's such a good question. I think i would um well so for myself i am. Um, take now, now that we've had robin join the team uh, that's given me a lot more capacity which is great and so i'm moving more into marketing and going to be focusing more on on that sort of thought leadership content and so i'm personally really excited to get a chance to dig in with my, our team the people who are actually delivering on the projects um and understand more of the nuances and start to bring that out and and share those Mm -hmm. insights um, with the broader market. And so I'm I'm personally really excited to to kind of dig more into that. Um, And I think really helping, I'm I'm curious to see what next year does actually, because there's a lot of movement um, within the banking industry where they... APIs are being unlocked, essentially, um, is is a huge trend that we're seeing, whether that's a bank by building their own sort of um, banking-as-a-service layer or an interoperability layer or something like that, or some of the calls are opening up their APIs. And so it's going to enable a lot more customization, a lot more custom experiences. And so I think we're going to see... in the next year, in the next like year to three years, I think we'll see a lot more um, differentiation coming out of banks in their digital, the way in which they show up online. I think we're going to see especially um, so much of the, the push around um, commercial banking experiences and how do you serve those corporate clients, those, those enterprise clients that have much more sophisticated um, needs than a, a lot of the sort of uh, an out-of-the-box um, experience can really provide to them. And so I, I think we're going to see a lot of banks really leaning into technology and becoming a bit more product-centered, a bit more agile. Um, the thing I would love to see is more focus on, on how banks can um, adjust their process, or banks and credit unions, everyone really, um, adjust their processes around um, budgeting and things like that to enable more agility in these digital experiences and these types of investments. Um, I think that's what I'd love to see.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, certainly you have covered a broad swath of material. I was impressed last year, equally impressed this year, just how smart you are, how much focus you bring to this, and also really relating technology and approach to technology that's common sense. Why wouldn't a bank want to be more mature? Why wouldn't they want to go through a process that is going to help them do what they do better, serve customers better, bring in revenue? It's all really beautiful thing. Christiane, thank you so much for being on Bankadelic.
1: No, thank you for having me. It's been wonderful.
0: Christiane Mandraki, back On Bankadelic, after last year, is the Director of Business Developing and Marketing at Praxent. She is based in Austin, Texas. Keep Austin weird, everyone. (laughs) Be sure to look for Christiane on LinkedIn.